1: Emily, I'm Mac McCoy. It's Friday and remember Fridays are at least 15% more fun. My co-host Delmar Austin is here and it's been a great week. You did a a very good research on this as we're talking about the Bible, what the Bible says about women. And we've been going over the different things and the different women, but now we're really going to kind of go book to by book and show you some of the, the great women of the Bible. And I bet money I'll put a nickel in that if somebody was writing a story today that was going to be a book in the Bible, uh, a, a lot of women that you and I know would be in there because women have have beaten the odds on, I don't know how to say this other than this, having crappy men tear them down and try to make them stay in a box. And today's women are, uh, well, as uh, Billy Crystal would say, Lovely. <laughs>
0: You know what I'd like to look at today, Mac, is is uh, how things even changed in the New Testament. In the Old Testament, there are women of faith. You know, they're amazing women. They had important roles. Uh, in the New Testament, there is a step up when Jesus comes. Yeah, Jesus is a revolutionary in his time. Yes. And, uh, you know, not only the Romans, but the Jewish leaders, everybody's kind of offended because of the stance that Jesus takes as he comes along. The the woman, the, the person that is chosen to be his mother, of course, would be a woman. Yes. But... The focus is upon her, not upon Joseph. Right. Right? Mary, the mother of Jesus, starts out the story in the New Testament. She is one to whom the angel Gabriel comes to, and she says yes, Lord, let it be to me as you have said, I will do what you want. There's there's a picture developing about Mary, and we see her all the way through the Gospels. This is a woman who is self-sacrificing. This is a woman who is a caring, loving parent. I mean, she's just an, an amazing role model that we see.
1: Well, and 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 when you think about Mary in the Bible, she was there from before the beginning, and after the ending, that's right. Because it was Jesus on the cross that looked at John and said, "John, it's my mother. You take care of her. You, you, you be good to her." And you imagine
0: her as the mother that has to watch her son die. Yeah, by by a death of torture.
1: Yes, that takes wouldn't, place. not wouldn't have liked that.
0: In in Luke chapter eight and in other places in the New Testament, it talks about the women that followed Jesus. Mary Magdalene is listed, Joanna, Susanna, and there are others. It says that uh, are are followers too. I used to think that you know it was just some mention of some ladies that would hang around now and then. I don't think so. I think these ladies. The more I study it, the more I, I learn about who they were they were quite involved, just like the 12 disciples. Yeah. And yeah, there was something special about those 12 disciples, but these were ladies that actually traveled with Jesus. It talks about that. They traveled with Jesus. They helped provide uh, for Jesus. They helped to sustain Jesus so he could do the ministry that he was called to do. And they were very, very much involved in everything that takes place. When Jesus dies on the cross... The women are there. They're with Mary as mother. Yeah. They are there watching what's going on. On Sunday morning, yep. Who's the there women first? are down there at yep. the tomb, yep. you know, to wrap up the body of Jesus who they think is still dead, and they find out that he's risen. And Mary Magdalene is the first one that he appears to. Out of all the people that Jesus could have appeared to, he appears to Mary Magdalene, and he gives her the task of going back and telling the men. Okay, go tell the guys now that I've been resurrected, I'm alive, and she does. And uh, we know that Peter and John race down there right away to find out, but they seem to be a little bit, you know, questioning still. Cynical, yeah. Could have happened until they finally see it with their own eyes that night when Jesus appears to them. But Jesus gives authority and position to women. He lets them have a role in his kingdom. Among his closest disciples, he lets women take a role in doing that.
1: Well, I've always really disliked sometimes the churches will put women down. They won't let them lead. They have some that don't have preachers and teachers. And yet the first woman in the Bible, the first person in the Bible that Jesus called as an apostle was the woman at the well. Yeah, you're the Messiah, yes, I am now. Go to your people and tell them who you've met. She was the first disciple, and she went out to preach. Why did she
0: preach and teach about this man called Jesus? Why did she uh and what takes place after the resurrection shortly after that is Pentecost. Pentecost takes place. And uh, they're speaking in different languages. They're, they're preaching about the kingdom of heaven. And Peter gets up and says, This is a fulfillment of Joel chapter 2. Because back in the Old Testament times, Joel prophesied that there would be a pouring out of the Holy Spirit. He says, This is it. And you know what it also says in Joel 2? It says, Also on my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit. There is something happening here, and it's not just for men. It's happening for women, too. And women are just as important in telling the world about who Jesus is and about helping to bring others uh, to follow him. And and it's the same way through the New Testament as you go through. In fact, if you go to Romans chapter 16, it's pretty surprising in some ways uh, today because Paul mentions Phoebe. Phoebe is a deaconess or a servant, and she is the one who is given the letter uh, of Romans. As Paul has written it out, he usually gives it to somebody to be the messenger to take it to the church. He gives it to a woman. And she reads it in the square. That's right. She comes there where the church members are. She reads to them, and the messenger was also the one to explain it. If they had any questions... Because she had talked directly to Paul. Sure. And she could relay anything else that he needed to, for them to know. So she's mentioned. And then also a lady by the name of Hunia. Uh, Paul describes her as a fellow prisoner and uh, and
1: of note as an apostle. And by the way, the way that name is spelled with a J. Yes. J U N I A. It's not starts with a an H which it sounds like.
0: Right. And I'm not sure how the pronunciation went there, but a woman is being referred to here as an apostle. I don't know what kind of role that she had exactly, but she's even referred to as an apostle which is the, sort of the highest position in yep. the Christian church. Absolutely. So so obviously women are being allowed to participate. They are taking a fairly active role. They are using the talents and the gifts that God is, has given to them and they are functioning very well within the setting of the Christian
1: church. Yeah, you know, a lot of people uh, believe believe that in the part of the the letter to the Corinthians where uh, Paul is telling the women to sit down and be quiet, that's not because he wanted women to sit down and be quiet. It's because it was in the next generation. The men had kind of thrown their hands up and said, well, we're not going to do this church thing anymore. And the women kept it alive. So it was for that reason that God asked through Paul, hey, just let them take over long enough so we can get the men back, and then we'll build the second generation of the church at Cornuth.
0: You know, Paul says some things about women, and this is usually why people say, well, maybe the the Bible is sexist on this, or Paul is sexist about this. Remember the times in which Paul lived, okay? Paul also lived during the time when there were slaves and masters that were all part of the same church. Yep. And his advice to slaves at that time was, obey your masters. And if he found a runaway slave, like he did with Onesimus, he sent him back to Philemon, who was his, his master. That's right. There came a time in the history of Christianity that people said, uh, slavery is a wrong, it's an evil, and we cannot continue to condone uh, slavery going on. Slavery was abolished okay? Not everything that Paul said to slaves back at that time still applies today. Not everything that Paul said in regards to women and their role still applies today in the same way. We need to listen to Scripture, not just throw it out, but we need to listen to it and apply it in a way that that is foundational to the fundamental principles that we see. And one of the clear things we see in Scripture is that man and woman were created it equal uh, in the image of God.
1: Yeah, and remember, image isn't noted here in the Bible as a visual, uh, which I I know I said earlier in the week, but that was a big thing for me to learn this past year, because I kept trying to figure that out in his own image. Well, did they look like men? No, women have never looked like men, especially in the Bibles. It, it it it's the essence of the human being yes. that is caught in the image of a man and a woman.
0: Let me ask you this, and I'll, I want our listeners to think about this too. Okay? okay, do women in the church today have leadership gifts that could be used to further God's kingdom? Do they have those gifts?
1: Absolutely. Why well,
0: would why would somebody think that they wouldn't? Well, if they do have those gifts then why wouldn't that be an indication that the Holy Spirit had given those gifts? And if the Holy Spirit had given gifts, then why can't we use those gifts
1: in doing the work that God has called us to do? Yeah, it's just been sad throughout history that we have placed women in in such a a secondary role. And now I, I know we don't have slavery as we think of it, But we have a whole new slavery, and that's the sex slave. That's right. And women are being abducted all over the country. Uh, A lot of people may know this or may not, but we actually have, well, it's kind of private, but we have a home here in Omaha that women who are involved in the sex uh, uh, slave trade all over the country, they come here. Yes. Because this is a safe place for them to be.
0: Because unfortunately, it's still true that women are still abused and... uh, Uh, we're, we're trying to reach out to them so that that doesn't continue to happen. But I believe there are very traditional views that people have about what a woman should be or what a woman should do. Let's go to the Bible. The Bible has a much bigger picture of women, and it affirms women and their roles in the world today.
1: How do so many men in the 20th, 21st century get that wrong? I mean, we still have blockheads out there. That, that believe that uh, women should submit to men, and they forget about the second part of the vow, which is man love woman, love that woman like Jesus loved the church.
0: Because we need to read our Bibles better, oh. and we need to read our Bibles more and understand really what the Bible's trying to teach us yeah. and listen to it.
1: Yeah, that's a good idea. All right, Pastor, I appreciate being here this week. And uh, what does the Bible say about women? You can get this on YouTube. Go to youtube.com. And look up The View from a Pew. It's also on Cashbox and Listen Notes and Player FM and Podcast Addict and Apple and Spotify and wherever you go for your podcast, there you'll find The View from a Pew. find Truth Christian Store where you'll find more.